So in regards to men performing at their best, men running at optimal, I think it's something a lot of men just let slip by and then live a, you know, a quiet life in desperation. What would you say for, say, someone is listening to this right now and they know they are capable of more, a man that knows they're capable of more, what would you say would be the first three steps to, number one, understanding where they are and then also what they should be doing now moving forward? Yeah, well, I don't really know, obviously, the individual's context, but get mm-hmm. your body your headspace in a really good position. Um, so the first step is really get your body into a position where you're proud of it in regards to how it looks. Um, second step would be understand what your body needs from an energy perspective. So not only there's one thing, like I've been in my life and I've, I've got an absolutely amazing shape, but I felt like shit and I definitely haven't been able to perform at my best. So it's finding what do you need to perform at your best. Anyone can go and do a 12-week diet and put themselves through the mill, but it's doing it in a sense that allows for you to be on your A game, allows for you to be at your best. So if that's maybe taking a a slower approach but having more energy, filling yourself up with uh, good quality foods, um, as well managing, like sometimes less training is more. So it is um, and managing, managing that um so yeah what's going to prime you and um, that'll be the second thing start to find that mm-hmm. out and each and every single individual is different you're different than all the other guys in the academy um so it's important for you to it's not it's a process it's a process of sort of analyzing what you're eating how your weeks are going um and fitting it around that and then the third thing i'd say is really get clear on your headspace really get clear on like what is it that you want why is it that you want that and what's distracting you and just start to place your attention on the right things like the reason why probably maybe performance suboptimally is because something is getting in your way whether that's work whether that is um like we were talking about like for example other people's opinions whether that is you don't need whether it's like you're not even around people that are pushing to new levels and getting you to think bigger. I know that that was one thing that you said, like being in the academy, like it's so good. It keeps your attention on on, on the best things that keep you on your A game. So yeah, get your body in great shape, prime your body and do it in a way that keeps you on, on your A game and then get your attention and your head, take care of your head space and the right things. That'd be the three big things I'd say, big rocks. In, in regards to that third point, because I think that one's probably the most important, when it comes to, so we've both had calls with a lot of men who wanted to get in shape. And I always feel as if when I'm on particular calls is that a lot of the men aren't willing to what I'd call face the demons, face the actual underlying issue of why they want change and why they need want you know to become now the best version of themselves to get in the best physical shape, the best mental shape. I feel like they, even when I, I don't want to have to dig for it, I want that person to come on and understand. Like, for example, when I jumped on a call with you, I was open, honest, vulnerable, exactly how it, what I wanted. And for you, I prob- probably that was like blew your mind. And you're like, yes, can't wait now. You know exactly what needs to be done. But in regards to a lot of men, I think a lot of men need to be a lot more 
open to being open, honest, and vulnerable. So they always the main three things. I think that will help you actually really evolve in general. Because if you can be open, honest, and vulnerable about how you're feeling, well, then you can actually put the action state, the action steps in place then to move forward. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And then they don't actually know what they're going towards. And then they might jump into a program. They might jump into a boot camp. They might jump into going to the gym. And it might not last long because they don't actually have that real purpose of why they are pushing for it. I agree. And I've been there. And I don't think, I think it's not necessary. I think like what we have to do as sort of leaders, the men, is we have to help them understand why that's happening. So for me, you know, one of the things that I, I say that stops men from leveling up is being passive. So passive in the sense of like being very guarded, actually never really addressing the problem, like dancing around it, not actually asking for the real help. Like, yes, anyone can like write, type in the Google, what diet plan should I do or is keto the best? But like, again, we have to look at the root. So for me, I needed to build up the confidence to know that it was okay to share, to ask, to struggle. And I needed to have the confidence even during my journeys and still now to this day will sometimes like, um, it'll sometimes come up in my mind. It won't stop me anymore, but it'll come up is, oh, like I shouldn't be able to do this. I'm a burden if I ask my coach for help. I, um, I should know this. Again, like if you think about it, we're always taught to sort of man our way out of things, like to mm-hmm. uh, just get on with it, et cetera. So I do think, you do need to sort of um yeah just become aware of it and start to build up the confidence to ask for help start to build up the confidence to know that it's okay if an area of your life is weak um do you know what i mean like if you had a an issue at your work like you just bring it up and you would almost expect uh, the manager or the leader or someone else just to train you why is it when it comes to your body and your lifestyle there's all of a sudden an element of guilt or shame or um self-imposed pressure um yeah so like i think to solve the issue more men need to be exposed to that more men need to be around other men where that's quite normal where you see the like you see in our group that there's like absolute savages and they're usually the ones asking the most questions and being the most vulnerable and as well um sharing and things so uh we need more of that um so we do just as uh i suppose just, no yeah uh, well it, it's i think men it, I, I think men in general lack a thriving sort of male community but i don't think there's me, there's much out there for men to try and find it's difficult for them i think you they really have to go searching for that in the first place how how many you know sort of men groups do you know that really focus on really pushing them to that next level People who have their friends in the current environment are more like people that are going out to the pub every weekend, people that are going out to clubs every weekend, people that are, um, you know, maybe they might meet up for footy once a week or something, but it's not anything real in depth. They can't be open and honest and vulnerable with these people. And this reason why I joined your team is because for me personally, I wanted to be able to find a group of other like-minded men men who would also push me further, men that I'd, I'd be able to be open and honest with and know that I won't be judged. But if anything, they'll be thinking in their minds, how can we help Jaleel? How can we help Jaleel push the needle forward? And I think, you know, 
And something that I've implemented within my program massively is I've, the community aspect has gone absolutely crazy because I realized how important that actually is to me, how important will it actually be to other men as well? The, the, the fear of even just letting someone into your life, it, I think just holds people back. It's, it feels like there's is a whole big fear around men becoming better and wanting better. And, you know, it's crazy to think, you know, and it took me this amount of years to be able to re- start to realize that. Um, so there's going to be a lot of men who are much older than me that do struggle with the same. Yeah, the way the way I want to sort of share this, and I think it'll really hit home to a lot of people, is mm. you're listening to this podcast because you want to be in incredible shape. Like that's yeah. uh, that's what you're doing. Now, to get in incredible shape, you need a set a set of skills. You need a set of skills around your food, managing it around your hectic lifestyle, managing it around social occasions, um, and finding something that suits you. The other thing is you need to build skills around your body about what it needs and how to manage your body, how to push it up in weight, how to decrease in weight. You need to have emotional awareness. So you do so that you don't make poor decisions. And like I said earlier on, you need to be, you need, there's a certain set of skills with your mindset there to achieve that result. Now, you probably hear me talk about a lot, Jilly, is I don't look at the word, I never really use the word struggling. I use the word hurdle. So mm-hmm. you need those skills. And on the way to pursue those skills, you will have hurdles. I have hurdles, Jalila's hurdles. Um, so it's like when you look at it like a hurdle, it's either you get the help, you overcome it, or you don't overcome the hurdle and you don't get the skill. Yeah. And when you look at that hard fact, it really makes you think, right, okay, I am stuck. Am I going to stay here or overcome it? And it kind of forces you to think, right, I need to get help, resource, insight to overcome the hurdle. So that's the reason why I don't use the word problems or struggles. I use the word hurdle. And I think that has worked extremely well because you either overcome the hurdle and get the support that you need it or you stay there. And sometimes, like I know for me, I've had to stay there, experience a little bit more frustration, a little bit more pain, see it show up in my life. And then I'm like, right fuck this, I need, I've had enough. Yeah. Now I'll get the help. So I think like, if we break down the goal, you need the skills. If you don't have the skills, there's going to be, you need to build them and there's going to be hurdles on the own way. And it's your choice whether you get the help or support to get over that hurdle or you stay stuck. Like that, that, Yeah, it, well, that, that, that to me makes a massive amount of sense, Ben. You know, it's like how, how we'd call like the moments of change in people's life. You know, take it back to the very first, you know, change for me where, um the struggles were things such as you know going into a shop and having to buy a 3xl jacket made me feel absolutely vile um embarrassed ashamed um going to spend hundreds of pounds on a hugo boss jacket just to realize that you know i wouldn't be happy wearing it because it's a 3xl that chain that moment wasn't the thing that flipped that was a moment towards my change then the second one was you know me going out playing football with my friends and literally lasting like 10 minutes and having thrown up everywhere because I was that much out of shape that was like a second moment and it was the build-up of moments like this all together that eventually one day I just walked down downstairs looked at me and I was like what have you done to yourself and then I became then aware I was like okay well what can be done about this how do I now move forward from here 
So I was like, okay, I'm fat. <laughs> what do I need to do? I need to lose weight and get in shape. And it wasn't something I wasn't aware to anyway, because all I used to ever see on YouTube or all I ever used to see on um, Netflix was like CrossFit documentaries, which I loved watching. I loved watching even stuff like if watching Love Island, being able to see people who are in good shape. I was like, mate, I want to look like you. Seeing um, people on YouTube, Bradley Martin, Mike Thurston, all these people, the people that, you know, you would aspire to look like, but nothing was ever done about it. So I was like, okay, I need to get in shape. Then I quickly realized that I can't do this on my own. So then I was like, okay, well, what's the next step? Well, the next step is hiring a trainer. Um, so you you do through like, I think it's 75 points now, isn't it? More, 80. So I've been more close to 90 now since just starting with you, Ben. It was 80 and then that probably about 90 now. What's been the biggest skill that you need to build? And did you realize you need to build that skill to get there? Oh, that's a good question. The biggest skill, I think, I think if I can look back now, the biggest skill is asking for help. I think is it, it, it doesn't, obviously, if people listen to this might not seem like a skill, but I think it is. I think being able to ask for help in more than one sort of situation, me asking for help off a trainer. Yeah, that's great. But me asking help off maybe um, my mum, for example, because my mum used to be the person that I started my journey at 17, I li- living at home. My mum used to be the person that cooked the meals. I, I asked her for help and I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. I want to be like this. I want to be fit, healthy, happy. Will you be able to cook me this instead? Asking for help in them degrees, asking for help off, just anyone in it, you know, your friends asking help off um, other people in the gym. I think. What did you need that, help with? Like commonly? I think if we were to bring it down to one point, I think I just needed help with just my belief. Mm-hmm. I think. And I think asking for help and getting the answers that I wanted built my belief more in me. So for example, me asking for help off a trainer, well, then all of a sudden I started lifting weights. All of a sudden I started feeling better. All of a sudden my belief started building. What was the lack of belief? Like what, what did you not believe you could do? I didn't think I was capable of getting in the shape where I am today. I did not think I was ever going to be where I am today. I didn't ever think that I would be a coach. I didn't even think that for me at that time, I actually didn't even see my vision. I just knew that something had to change. And I knew that I was just going to push the needle forward. That's all I knew. And you didn't want what's created what you did want. Say again. You knew what you didn't want, which was actually, actually, and over time that created, you found your direction and what you wanted. Yeah. And that's actually something I say to clients. I'm like, sometimes it's, even though you can say, I want a six pack, I want to look insane. That sometimes isn't the biggest motivator. The biggest motivator is what you don't want. Now, where you're at when you came on board with myself, mm-hmm. you came to me with a vision. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> your words, I want to be the greatest transformation. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so, I, 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 I am going to be. <laughs> yeah. So what's this skill gap now? To get to where you are now, to where you want to be, what's that skill gap? What is the skill gap from where I from where I am now to where I want to be? Yeah, I think it's more about 
keeping their high standard each and every single day. Yeah. I think I went through a lot in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, some really difficult stuff. And I started to let my standards slip and I should never have let that go. And the main reason I came to you is because I started building my standards back up. I, when I, before I came to you, I had actually lost probably about two stones since November. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in a good position and I knew I had to double down. I knew my standards were high, well, I, but I knew they could be built on to be even better. So I wanted to make sure that I could do that. And for, the, for the listener, what does standards mean? Like, what, what are your standards? What do okay. you do? Like, just so that they can understand that. So standards would be, say, for example, a standard for me is always making sure that I'm learning. That is a standard. A standard of always making sure that I am looking after my body the best in the best in the best possible way, and that means raising my standard in training. That means pushing harder. That means going and achieving more goals, like for example, running more. For example, lifting heavier. They are what I would class like as my standards. My nutrition lift a standard with that. Even though I'd lost two stone, nutrition wasn't a hundred percent. I want to lift a standard with that. So my energy is optimized. I want to be living at a hundred percent. And the building of standards and when you can keep that high standard, it's not just the ability to do that, but it's the actual sort of belief that it does give you that you are capable of doing anything you set your mind to. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Say again. I can relate to that. I think in regards to the ability that you can do whatever you set your mind to, I think it's such a powerful, such a powerful thing. And the setting the standards and reaching the standards. As, as a man, especially, we all want to have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And to have the belief that you're capable of doing anything will allow you to really fulfill that purpose, feel fulfilled in your life, feel like you are achieving something for the greater good. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think in my own personal opinion, I think there's a lot of men that don't know their purpose, number one. There's a lot of men that haven't even shown any sort of standards so that even if they do find their purpose, they find it difficult to start reaching it and fulfilling it because they're not in a position to, um, they've never reached high standards in anything they've done before. So how can they be expected to now do that all of a sudden in their purpose, in their business, in their life? Um, and when it comes just as a generalization, when it comes to health and fitness, that is always the first point of call because it's very, it's very, a lot goes into it, but it's a very basic skill to learn. Anyone can learn it. Mm-hmm. Once you, you know, learn then the skill of being disciplined, learn then the skill of being, you know, um, more resilient, have more mental toughness, have more energy, you know, um, have the ability to look after nutrition, fitness, pushing yourself, getting stronger, fitter. Once you can do that, then you prove to yourself that you can do it then in other areas and you can apply all of it to them areas as well. Mm-hmm. What, would, what would you say to the person that's listening to this that's spent that they are working really hard and they're, work, they're trying to hold down a good relationship, they're 
um, trying to get into training, but they're binging, they're um, quite uh, hit and miss with their training, and they want it, but they like they hear all these terms, mental toughness and things, and consistency and standards, but it just seems like it's not something that they can attain. When it feels like that's something they can't attain, I think then they've got to realise then you've got to be able to delegate. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to find someone that's done it themselves who is in a similar situation to who that what they are in and ask them for help. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of men in general play a victim role. And even though you might be working unbelievably hard, you have a relationship, you might have kids, you might have a million things going on, but you do and can achieve everything you set your mind to and everything that you want. Mm -hmm. But you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. You can find a way to get better. It's as simple as that. I think, you know, people get really used to saying, I'll wait until I, I'll wait until the kids are older. I'll wait until things have settled down. I'll wait until I've finished the house move. I'll wait until I um, settle in with this job. I'll wait until I get promotion. I'll wait until I have more money. Don't wait. Do it. Mm-hmm. The, the waiting side of it is going to just mean that you're never going to get to where you want to be. Take action. You know, if you want to start, you know, living life, you know, at knife's edge, you've got to be able to just push, push mm-hmm. your limits. Cool. I love it. Yeah. So I, I went over, you know, my initial changes, what, you know, the thoughts that went through my head when I very first started. And even most recently when I joined you, Ben, it was more about, it wasn't so much of the moments of change from pre, from the previous time, because the previous time when I first started my journey was a bit more, maybe you could even say superficial, you know, more now for me, the moment of change was that I wanted to be quote unquote, the, a, a high value man. I wanted to be the sort of person that, you know, my future kids would look up to and be like, fucking hell, he's the fucking guy. Mm-hmm. And they are my now deep thoughts instead of where previously it was just, I want to look good. Now it goes much deeper. When you very first started wanting to get in shape, what sort of moment sort of pushed you towards doing that? Yeah, I can tell you exactly. So the moment that made me go to the gym was I was in the PE changing room and uh, one of the guys basically was winding up about my moves and I really didn't like who I was and how I looked. So it was that moves comment. And at that time, I was the opposite side of you. Um, I was extremely sporty, but I was under-muscled and I ate a ton of crap. So I outworked my crappy diet and yeah. as a result, had a, a sort of skinny fat under-muscled body. Um, so yeah, that, that drove me into the gym that, that got me to sign up. And I done, I remember really clearly um, going in uh, on the treadmill, doing my bicep curls, doing my planks. I remember the first ever time looking in the mirror and I was doing pull-ups and there was a mirror across and I all of a sudden started to see this muscle. It's like, yeah. muscle, yeah. my lats. Yeah. And it's like, I created a V-taper. So 
yeah, that's true of me. And similarly to yourself, like my goal right now is how can I just perform on a completely different level, physically, professionally, and personally? Like, how can I just take it to new levels? And um, I want to be an all-around savage. Um, I, and that's what I'm currently building. So that's my sort of, it, it's definitely at the start, it was like, I want to get away from this. I want to get out of this body. I want to, I don't like me, but now it's a place of, yeah, like I want to pursue excellence. I want to, I want to pour my ability and see what I can do. Um, every single year, like I set up to do things like I've done ultra marathon. I've done, uh, this weekend we just said a competition. Um, I'm doing boxing fight later in the year. I've done, uh, I got into sport. The day. So it's like, it's like, what can I do to really progress? And that's sort of the whole training, like even that mindset now when I'm going into the training, like I always think, right, what are my numbers? What is it that I can do? Um, I'm always thinking like my body is a bit of a vehicle. That's actually like, and I'm sort of exploring that. Now, I'd say later down the line, there might be a stage where it's not necessarily exploring it. It'll be about maintaining just good energy and yeah. health um that element of performance but stage i'm in right now i'm like well i well you're not too uh, how old are you been like 28 27 27 you know and something i say to a lot of guys you know that the 20s is the time to really just go at it right this is yeah this is our yeah 100 this is our opportunity to really just double down you've not got the responsibility you're going to have when you're 35 you know, a house to pay for, a mortgage to pay for, kids to look after. A lot of the time, people in their 20s, you have hardly no responsibilities. You have the ability to, you know, if you want, go out on the weekends. But let's change that. You know, let's really focus on how can you become the best man. I said, for both of us right now, I think what's driving us is we want to see what we're actually capable of. We want to mm-hmm. see, you know, what can I actually do? You know, and I'm very similar to you in the case of I've had a boxing fight. I've done things like Tough Mudder. For me now, it's more like getting into the marathons and things and just getting into the most insane shape that I can do. But it's not for that superficial look. It's for the what does that mean? It means that I'm an absolute beast to me. It means that I can do it. And then if I can do that, well, what can I then do with my business? It, It all links in. And I think for us, I think, it always starts as that maybe a bit of more of a superficial, I don't want to look like this. I want to now look like this. But then you start to realize, well, whoa, my God, wait a minute. I can actually do all I can actually, if I can do this, well, what else can I do? And then you really push out even further. And I think a lot of people in general, not men, this is probably women as well. When you first look at getting in shape, you're like, I want to look superficially different. You want to look, you want to look and feel different, but then you then, but what you sorry, what you don't realize is then what then can happen after that, which is like where I think the big transformation happens, where mm-hmm. you mentally become just a complete different person. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think the even the ability to then become that role model you've always wanted to as well, want to become. You know, I always think to myself, you know, I wish that I did have better role models in my life. That's not that's not gonna stop me from being a role model to whoever. Mm-hmm. you know whether it be to my nephew whether it be to my own kids whether it be to you know just some random person who maybe lives near me the one person maybe I see once a week seeing me really push mm-hmm. yeah I want to 
I want to touch on the aspect of on your body because yes, at the start, I still I what you with me was that I didn't like my body. Mm. But right now, it's not the thing that drives me. Like I said, I do want to push your performance. I do want to push what's possible. Uh, I do want to have an impact. Like one thing I want my two little uh, stepbrothers and they're way, way younger. But one thing I want for them is for them to have a, a, a role model that's like, shit, you can do anything. Yeah. But there still is an element of like, I want to look good. Like I, I have no problem no saying that. Like every single morning I look in the mirror and I sit and I look and I just, it's just like, I'm a part of that. And when I sort of went off that in the periods like for my journey, and I sort of shied away from looking in the mirror and taking photos and like even just keeping it on my radar and on my mind on my standards. I've felt it. I have yeah. felt it. So it's not like the biggest thing in my, like it's not, back then it was a massive part of my day in my mind. But there's a small where I just keep standard and I make sure it's in decent order that it's, I'm not too far away from wanting to look at the beach. Um it's just there um and i think like if you know that yes you can preach these things if you know that you're off it'll come out your body language it'll come in how you feel it'll come out like you have to also ask yourself shitty inputs shitty outputs like if yeah. you put you got there you eat your way out of shape eat your way in shape or you those behaviors so it's like garbage in garbage out that's what i, I learned from my it back in the day <laughs> I do want to sort of like, I think sometimes people that have maybe progressed and done a few years, done years of training, that they think that, oh, it's not about the body anymore. And then there's people looking at it and they're like, oh, well, you still look class. It's yeah. it's more of a maintenance. It's more of a, I keep this standard. This is my standard. Once you start getting in shape, it's easier to keep. Yeah, hundred percent. So my system is looking in the mirror every morning. I think you need those daily systems to, to have that. hundred percent. All together, you need to look after your mind, body. It's they're they're both unbelievably important. Maybe the reasons may change of maybe yeah. what you're you're pushing on for the goal. But the simple thing at the end of the day is that you should make sure you're in the best shape that you'd possibly be in. Reasons. And, yeah, yeah, and. Um, in, ge- in general, I think, especially when lads come to me, I think that getting in shape for a lot of them, and this is something they say, and this is something you probably say about getting in shape, it's the best thing you've ever done. And isn't, isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it crazy to think, you know, you, the best thing you've ever done is getting in shape, but that's because of everything it offers. You know, um, people should look at my story I get told all the time I'm an inspiration I get told all the time that you know um what I've done is amazing and I under, I understand that but then in my mind I'm like well you're capable of it too anyone is capable of it you know I was 17 years old weighing 20 it was at one point it would have been over 20 stone six but that was my first ever weighing I know that it would have been over because there's pictures of me looking even bigger than that what got you overweight? What got me overweight was, well, realistically, I used to be quite sporty. I used to play different sports, et cetera. I, but I was always overweight in school, but I wasn't massively. You played football, didn't you? Well, football, cricket, um, sports like that. But 
What position did you play? In what? In uh, football? football. I'd yeah. be defensive, defensive mid. Yeah, Dan was saying you're tall. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I was having a conversation. I, I was having a conversation with um, Joe, who was in the group, and he was like, "You'd be a good centre half." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I used to play defensive mid. I probably don't have the legs for it. I probably do have, have the legs for it now, actually." <laughs> if you had to describe yourself as a player, who would it be? Do you know who I used to love when I was younger, and I always wanted to be like was like a uh, Claude McAuley. <laughs> Oh, class. Like, like, like a bit of a Makaleli or a bit of a mixture of like a John Obi Mikel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those just sitting midfielders that have no place in the game anymore. One of the one of those guys. Sorry, um, I interrupted you. You were saying that's, 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 that's all right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I stopped playing any sort of sport. And to be honest, the sport wasn't at a high level either. But I went to college. And my eating habits didn't change, but every single sport changed. I didn't mm. have any sport. So even though I was already, say, probably quite, oh, you'd look at me and say, you know, he's overweight, but you wouldn't say he's obese. And then all of a sudden, because I stopped playing sport, any sport, next thing you know, I was, weight was creeping up because I wasn't changing what, what was going on. If anything, there was more time spent on Xbox. There was more, you know, there's more time not doing any of that. And then with that, I said, I wish there was probably, I, in college, actually, the odd few times they used to do like little football things every so often, but it wasn't anything specific. It wasn't anything on a weekly basis. So I used to maybe jump in and play every so often, but you just don't, I, for me, I just didn't realize until certain moments hit me. And I was like, Jesus Christ, especially at 17, you're not really so wary or care so much about what, maybe how you look. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really pay much attention to it, but then all of a sudden it just all hit me within the space of like six months. Hmm. Yeah. Well, look at you now, mate. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, and but that, that's the thing. How you look at you now? That's that's the thing. I I I wish that more people would look at what I've achieved and understand that they can achieve it too, because there is no different. There's no difference from me you know, in probably in, compa- in comparison to them. You know, all it took from me is me asking for help, me wanting to change. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's, and it's, it's understanding the long game is the big one. You've got to understand that you're in this for the long term. You're, you, but you should be. You shouldn't be getting in shape for 12 weeks and then just forget about it. You should constantly be running at your best you know, and I through different stages of my life. So when I started with my personal trainer, yeah, I lost two stone and I learned quite a lot, but then I didn't have a personal trainer for a few years after that. And then I went back and got another personal trainer after that. Mm-hmm. But because I was playing the long game, I still made progress myself, myself and really pushed as hard as I could throughout that time. I didn't just stop with my personal trainer and stop going to the gym. I didn't just stop going to my personal trainer and stop trying to look after my food. I still really put in the effort. You know, um, and the sad part of it is on my behalf is that I used to take my few of my friends to the gym with me because I'd want them to start to understand what I could see and what was happening to me. And after like a month, they just go and they never come back. And it's difficult because I see them now and they're not in great shape. They're not really looking after themselves. And I think, you know, isn't it crazy? Because 
there's one guy who started the gym with me when I very first started. And he's bigger than ever now. And what if he had just followed me on my journey and, you know, um, but yeah. But at the same time, I also have one of my best friends who's in the pro who's in the um, my program, and he has absolutely smashed it. And that is one of my proudest achievements, you know, um, for him to be able to like the other um, couple of months ago. So he travels away with work, and they set him up in a spa hotel. Went down to the spa, took his top off. He was like, he was like, I was the best. Pe- I was the person who was in the best shape there. He was like, it was sick. And to be able to give my friend that sort of feeling really did feel good as well. I love it. I love it. And I think the thing that's not communicated enough is it sounds like you went through multiple phases of your journey, like the highs and the lows and the roller coaster. And I think that needs to be out there more. I know that. Have you listened 100%. to my hundred percent? You listen to my hot seat or Dan's hot seat? Um, no, but I, I will. I will tell. I will tell you one thing. I listened to a podcast recently with Mark Coles mm-hmm. and he talked about, he didn't really talk about this really much in the fitness sense, but the settlement phase. And mm-hmm. I always say to clients that you will go through phases and what he, I would mean by then the settlement phase is that a client of mine will come to me at say 18 stone, say we get them down to 14 stone. It does feel like it does take a little while for them to start to understand what their new life looks like before they push on to more. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it takes a little time for them to settle, to realize, oh my, all of a sudden environments have changed. Maybe they're not hanging around the same people they used to. The way they look has changed. The way they feel has changed. The way they perform has changed. Maybe they've got promotions, rises. All of that has changed. I feel that does have an effect. And as you said, it, it, you do go through phases, but if you accept that you're in it for the long-term goal, the long-term gain, well, then you can allow yourself to spend a little bit of time in that settlement phase, but you know you can't stay there. Mm-hmm. You can just adjust. It takes, your, it takes a while for your identity to catch up with it. And then also yeah. as well, there's an aspect where you need to experience the pain of posting. And that's a, that's a little bit more subtle. And that's the, the thing as well for the listeners. I'm presuming or guys that are doing decent, not like crazy out of shape and things. Yeah. And that's the thing that's actually quite blind. It's it's a blind sort of problem because you can't get away with things. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna um it's not like it's critical. Yeah. But what what would be critical is like if you um were to stay in that position a year, two years, three years, four years, five yeah. years, and not have much to show. And yeah, that's something that drives me too. Yes, there's aspects of like aspiration, but there's also aspects of like I do play in my head, like the, the thought of regret. Um so yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it, the thought of said the thought of regret regret is a big driver, Ben. You know, I listened to a podcast with Andrew Huberman and he said that it's actually shown by studies that you're more likely to reach your goal if you know there's regrets on the other side, there's consequences on the other side, rather than you getting the goal to feel good or feel great, that there's more chance of you reaching your goal if you have things that you don't want. For example, I got asked a question by a real popular podcaster, actually, um, Rob Dial, very long time ago. I had a, I had a call with him 
Um, and he, he asked me, what is it that you don't want? So this is about business sense. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to be able to go into any shop and know I can't afford something. And things like that, I think, drive you more. You know, for example, if you say fitness wise, I don't want to be able to feel embarrassed in a shop that I'm buying a two, three XL t-shirt. Did you ever do the life by design? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll self-offer and it's basically what you do. You find out what yeah. you want, you don't want. Yeah. Like actually your beliefs and your thoughts and what you, yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it, I think it's really powerful, but at the same time, I found myself that actually even envisioning what I want going forward is just as powerful. Um, Kieran got me doing the, you know, closing your eyes, thinking about the life that you want to be living. And, you know, for the first time ever, I, I got unbelievably emotional. And I've told this to clients, I got unbelievably emotional seeing what my future looks like. And that for me was me abroad doing work on my laptop, being in the best shape of my life. You know, literally two months later, I was in Marbella in, in that position. I was in the best shape of my life. And it was really emotional at the time doing that vision because I didn't even think about going abroad at the time. I didn't think about, you know, um, being able to spend a month in Marbella. I didn't. But because I saw that vision, it was so clear to me that I knew it was going to happen. And it happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was because I could associate the feelings I had compared to the feelings I had at the time. Because I could then I could feel my feelings of the future, Jaleel, and them feelings felt so good compared to what I was feeling at the time. And I've done this with particular clients because I know that if they can imagine what they'll look like and feel like, whether it be on holiday, whether it be, um, you know, when they come home with their kids, if they can start to feel them feelings and be like, oh my god, I can actually feel like this in this situation, that is even just a big driver to get towards that as well. Mm -hmm. I love that too. Yeah. Well, powerful, powerful stuff. It is indeed. And it's exciting what is now gonna what that next sort of vision is. Yeah. For you. Yeah. I think moving forward for me is very, very exciting. Mm. Um I, I said one thing that this whole journey in general of me getting in shape has taught me, or me getting in shape, me but, but uh owning my own business has taught me is that I've got so much to offer this world. Mm. I, I think I think one thing that holds a lot of men back is they maybe they don't think they have much to offer. Every single person listening to this podcast right now, you have something to offer this world. Simple as that. Um, you've just got to be able to put yourself in a position to be able to find it. If I left myself at 20 stone six, if I left myself and not done anything about it, I would not be offering anything to the world right now like I am doing so. And I wouldn't be positive. I wouldn't be in shape. I wouldn't be... Um, I would just be... probably just having the worst life ever, working a job that I hate. Yeah. I think that's a good point to end it on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having me on. It's been a quality conversation. So it has, and I hope... Class. The listeners get a lot from it. 100%. Well, thank you very much, Beth.